Hello, and welcome to the Graceful and Gritty podcast. My name is Sydney. I'm your host. I'm a wife, business owner, lifelong learner, and follower of Jesus. I was born and raised in Colorado and live here with my wonderful husband of six years. I'm passionate about people and have a knack for business. My hope is that we can learn together about doing life with grace and grit. We'll talk about all things life from faith and finance to business and balance. My prayer is that this will be a place of help, encouragement, honest conversation, and authentic growth. Thank you for joining me. Hey friends, I hope that you have had a great week so far. I am a day behind, so typically I drop new episodes on Thursday afternoon or evening, and today is Friday, so got a little bit behind this week, but I got the opportunity to join in um, with my company for a webcast uh, that's got a reach of about 800 to 1,000 people, and we were just talking about culture and the way we approach it and building great cultures within our company and just different tools and ideas to be able to do that, and so we got to get around with some other franchise owners and bounce ideas off of each other and um, really enjoyed it. So that was good. Weekly update, uh, we've got 20 little chicks. So we've got the full-grown chickens. We've got 15 of those. And then we went and got 20 little new chickens. And they're adorable. So they're cute little fluff balls. Barely have any feathers yet. Um, But every day they're growing. Every day they're eating more and more and getting louder. This time around, I put my foot down and I said, we are absolutely positively not putting them in our bathroom because last spring when we first got chickens, when they were really little and have to be under the heat lamp and everything, we had set them up in our guest bathroom and, uh, they wrecked that bathroom. It, um, it took some work to get that thing cleaned up. And so this year I was like, we're going to do it different. So we set them up in like a little gazebo. It looks like a gazebo, but it's for a dog. It's like a, it's a dog run for a small sized dog, but it's shaped like a gazebo with like a tarp roof kind of thing. And I covered the fencing part of it with a bunch of blankets to insulate it. And then we set up, we set up the chicks in a, um, feed tank. So like a big trough, it's metal that we can hook the heat lamps to. It's not going to melt it or burn it down or anything. And uh, they love it. They're comfortable and warm. And then the temperatures drastically dropped. We got a bunch of snow. Uh, We actually had to close the restaurant down early one night and open up early the next day because the roads were so bad. And I was a little bit worried about how the chicks would respond just because they're still so little. It didn't phase them one bit. The cold didn't bother them. The snow didn't bother them. The drop in temperature. And uh, so they're doing really well, which is really neat. Um, on the personal side of it, I am still sick. So I've had many of you reach out just to check in and ask if I've gotten any answers from the doctors. And the answer is no. Uh, it's just kind of a hurry up and wait where they take tests and then I have to wait for results. And then they take tests and wait for results. And um, my next round of results isn't until the end of March. So they were like, yes, we can get you in in two months, three and a half months or five months. I was like, I'll take the two months, I guess. Thank you. So uh, still just battling, not feeling good. People ask me how I'm doing, and I guess the best, most honest answer is my spirits are good, but my body isn't. So I've still got some limitations. I kind of chronically just don't feel very good. No no answers. And so that's been tough because um, I guess it's just not fun. I don't know if I would choose it if I had a choice, but 
there are good learnings coming out of it. And I am learning new things about communication and patience and effective leadership, how to show up in a different leadership style. Mine is definitely boots on the ground, shoulder to shoulder. Like if my team's in it, I'm in it. And uh, I just love the face-to-face connection, the spending large quantities of time with people. And throughout this, I'm learning that I I don't have the capacity for that right now, and I'm having to evolve in the way my leadership looks in order to keep leading effectively in a very different way. And so I am growing in a lot of new ways, and um, I'm trying. At first, I, I wasn't because I was just frustrated and upset and waiting to get better and kind of just lethargic. I just, I don't have very much energy. I get worn out really easily. It's kind of ridiculous. I feel like I'm 90 years old sometimes, but I kind of pity partied for a little while. And then I realized that I don't have answers and I'm not getting answers anytime soon. And even though I'm trying to do what I can, it kind of comes on like there's no rhyme or reason to it. And so I could either keep having a pity party for the foreseeable future because this is, this is the journey I'm on right now, or I could buck up have a better attitude about it and figure out how to learn and grow in ways that I've never been forced to um, and just take advantage of the opportunity to do different things in, in effective ways. And so, for example, I did that um, video cast yesterday and I'll tell you, even with COVID and everything being shut down and moving on to the internet, I've only used Zoom less than 10 times. So I can count on two hands the amount of time I've used Zoom in the last three years. And then our corporate support center came to me and said, Sydney, we're doing this live webcast. We'd really love for you to be uh, one of our panelists. And um, we'd like to see if we can get you on. And I said, wow, I'd be honored. That would be a really neat opportunity. Just let me know when and where. And they said, well, we're going to do it via Zoom. And I was like, oh no, because I am not comfortable with video at all, not even a little bit. But I'd already committed to it and I was like, all right, we're going to go all in. We're going to figure out how to do this. And so I've had to evolve where I was on this webcast with a bunch of people that I couldn't see and an audience that I couldn't really connect with. And it was definitely outside of my comfort zone. But I'm learning and I'm trying and I'm coming out of it and I'm dipping my toe into new things. And instead of just um, throwing a fit about it or being mad about it, I'm figuring out, okay, how can I learn? How can I do this better? How can I grow in an area that I've never grown before? So I've been doing a lot more phone calls and text messages. I'm a very in-person, face-to-face people person. Um, So I just throw my whole self into being where I'm at. and uh, that's not the way I can function right now. So I'm definitely learning, growing out of my comfort zone. The other exciting thing is that I'm, I've been working on this for a couple of years now, but I'm launching a leadership development company called the Foundations Company. And it's this idea, it's kind of like executive coach, life coach, business coach, um, just like this leadership, this idea of leadership development. So instead of being a thousand, 10,000 feet up in the air, CEO corner office. It's really approaching it from um, the ground up. So how do you develop leadership from, from ground zero and build that? And what does that look like? And how do you grow? And so I've got a lot of exciting things happening. And I kind of got out of uh, my funk, which I was in for a minute. 
And so today's podcast is really just a word of encouragement to you that you get to decide. And early on in this, when I'd gotten really sick, I decided that I was just going to lay around and and wait till I got better. And then when I did, I could just resume life as I knew it, the way I was in my comfort zone with the things that I was good at. And now, then, then a month passed, and then two months passed, and three months passed, and let's see, I got sick, first got sick in October, November, December, January, February. So four, so then, then three months passed, and now we're in the four-month mark, and it's another six weeks before I even get to see a doctor again. And I kind of had to come to this wake-up moment where I realized that my life isn't going back to the way that it was before, and that I could either decide to mope around and wait for it, which it may or may not ever come, or I could figure out how to tackle life as it is right now and do it with the constraints and the boundaries that I've been given and figure out how to do it effectively and really, really good with what I've been given right now. And that means I'm in the learning zone where I'm trying to figure out how to do things that I've never had to figure out before and trying to get good at things that I've never been interested in getting good at before. But I see the value in the things that I'm learning. And I know God says that he He works all things together for, for good to them that love him, to them that are called according to his purpose. And I will tell you that I love him. I love God and I love the life that he's given me. I love the blessings that he's given me and I'm learning to love the trials and the challenges that he's given me because I get to learn, learn and learning is, is an exciting place to be. And so, um, today's podcast is really just a word of encouragement that, uh, you get to decide. It doesn't matter if things are rainbows and sunshine and unicorns, or if it's storm clouds and you're, you know, in a little lorry boat out in the middle of the lake with a little, a red solo cup, you know, dumping out little bits of water so you don't drown. It doesn't matter where you are in that. Hopefully this will be a word of encouragement to you. And so part of this is that my, I'm, I'm a helper. My spiritual gift is really to be able to see people and really see them. Like I don't have to know them for very long or know very much about their story or hear very much about them. And I know things about who they are as a person, what makes them tick, details about their life that they've never told me before. And it's just, it's a spiritual gift that God has given me. And my heart has always been big towards helping people. And that's evolved over time. And it's looked different as I've grown as a person, as a Christian, as a leader, as a wife, as a friend, and it's evolved. But for a long time, I fought for people so hard and I would fight for them when they wouldn't be willing to fight for themselves for a better life or a different life or get out of a toxic situation. And over time, I realized that I can't want best for people more than they want it for themselves. And that although everybody is going to talk about wanting to put in the work to build their best life, the fact of the matter is not everyone wants to put in the work to build their best life and that you cannot want it more for them than they want it for themselves. And uh, so that was twofold. I realized that I wasn't, I wasn't embracing the place where I was in the journey and that it was causing me to become stagnant and stale 
um, and I was just waiting around for it to get better. And that if I wanted my life to get better, I couldn't sit around and wait for the doctors because they don't want it as bad as I want it. And I couldn't wait around for the tests because they don't care about it as much as I care about it. And so um, just on this journey of trying to heal my physical body, I'm learning things about my spiritual body and emotional body. And they're all tied together in so many ways. And I decided, you know what? I want this more for myself. And that means I'm going to go out and get it because nobody is waiting around for you. That's just the fact of the matter. And so if you're going to want to build something or create something or go out and do something, you have to be the driver for that. And you have to be the one that decides that you want it. Um, I, if you follow me on social media, you know that I've been reading a book called The Miracle Morning. And several weeks ago, I got the opportunity to travel to California for our yearly conference for the company that I work with. And we had a whole bunch of a great lineup of guest speakers. And one of them in uh, just in passing mentioned this book and said that it really changed their life and it helped them build in some really healthy habits. And I'd gotten out of the habit of having a morning routine because with me being sick with who knows what that they just don't know what I have. It's not contagious, by the way. It just is in me. (laughs) And uh typically, if I don't feel good, I'm really going to not feel good in the mornings, which is tough because usually I'm not an early morning person, but between 7 and 11 is my peak focus time. So that's when I'm doing the big heavy lifting work, the tough phone calls, the emails, the conference calls, the arguments about who's responsible for what, like the big stuff that moves the business forward, the engine that drives it is typically between 7 and 11 in the morning is my best time to be able to do that because then lunch hits and then I get, you know, a little bit tired and a little bit less focused and then I want to spend more time with people. So I tend to, after lunch, do more of my like interactive, fun, lighthearted, easier things. And um, with this sickness, I have been most lethargic and felt the worst in the mornings. And then, you know, by the afternoon, it's like I'm having to get into this completely flip-flopped routine and I got out of having any routine at all because just because of the physical limitations and so this guy at the conference in California offhandedly mentioned a book that really helped him get on track and build in healthy habits so I ordered it and I I decided I was going to read it it came to my house I sat down one afternoon early evening to read it and I looked up a couple hours later and the book was completely done and I hadn't moved <laughs> it was really good and the title of it is called The Miracle Morning and it's this idea that if you can conquer the morning you can conquer the day and that if you set aside 1 hour of concentrated time to do the things that personally are going to move the needle for you as an individual human so not the business not people in your life uh not any other external factors but for you then you can really uh build that momentum build in those habits that are actually going to drive your life forward and help you build the life that you dream of living and there's nothing wrong with that. You know, a lot of people are like, oh, well, you know, the love of money is the root of all evil or our goal should not be success. Our goal should be to love the Lord. And I agree with all of that. But he didn't give us talents and abilities to sit there and waste them and give the excuse of, well, I'm just not in love with money or I just want to serve the Lord. God's called us to do that in whatever life that he's given us, wherever that looks like. And so, I was getting a little bit off track because I was waiting around till my life got back on the track that I wanted to be on where I felt good and I was ready to move forward and I was capable of doing the things. 
And so I read this book, The Miracle Morning, and I've started carving out an hour every morning, getting up an hour earlier than I had been and really building those routines and habits back into my life. And I'm telling you, uh, not fun, not exciting, not sexy to get up. I mean, I'm like a little bear, um, not really excited about it. The guy in the book, he's like, the first morning I did it was the best morning of my life. And I was so excited and it was fantastic. And then I was even more excited the next day. And for me, it was like, I was excited the first day and then less excited the second day and less excited the third day. But I've learned that it's not the in the moment doing that's really, um, helping me tremendously. It's the after the fact, because by the time I've been up for one hour, I've drank a bottle of water, brushed my teeth, exercised, did my devotions, read the Bible, read the chapter, read a chapter of a a book that's going to help me grow as a person and journaled all in an hour. And, and so I've already accomplished a whole bunch of things that would literally be lingering on my to-do list later in the day that may or may not get done based on how I'm feeling, what I've got going on. And so when I intentionally set that hour to get those things done, that's helping me build those habits and the things back into my, the, the disciplines back into my life to figure out how to operate and cooperate with what I have right now. It's less than ideal. It's not what I would choose, but I'm grateful for the lessons that I'm learning from it. And so then secondarily, I realized that I couldn't, nobody else was going to want it for me more than I wanted it for myself. And that needed to be my responsibility. But that's the same, the true, the same is true for everybody else. Nobody can want a better life for you than you want it for yourself. Nobody can hold your hand into you fulfilling your purpose or living your best life. Only you can do that. And in this book, The Miracle Morning, he made a statement that statistically, 95% of people talk about building their best life or building in their habits or writing a book or starting the business or going to the class and learning the things. So statistically, 95% of people talk about doing those things because we all have dreams in our heart. If we're breathing, we're dreaming about something. Whether um, it's to be, I think in this gener- this young generation, a social media influencer, or if we dream of be owning a business or starting a food truck or beginning a company or building a family or meeting the love of our life, Statistically, 95% of people are going to talk about their big dreams, but only 5% are actually going to go out and do them. Now, here's the thing. 100% of people have the ability to go out and live their big dreams, but only 5% of people are actually going to put in the work to do it. And for a minute there, I was one of the 95% where I was like, oh, when I feel better, I'm going to do this. Or when my life is back on track again, I want to learn this or apply this or try this. And I realized that I'm not guaranteed tomorrow. I'm not getting any younger. Um, And I've got to, I'm guaranteed right now and that's it. And so if I'm not building it right now, it's not going to build itself. And uh, that really kind of, it's like a cattle prod, but like the electric ones are like, and it really just got me. It got me going. It got me thinking. It got me engaged. And so I've been spending that time in the morning building in those disciplines for the things that I need to do to continue growing myself as a person. And it's helping me show up better for other people in my life. It's helping me learn how to communicate without being in person. It's teaching me how to do it effectively and have conversations in a different way, approaching things differently that are more effective, taking less time. And, um, 
so th- the point of that is whether we do or we don't, we make the ultimate decision. And so if you're discontented or if you've got all those big dreams rattling around in your heart, those aren't there for no reason. God gave those to you. Or my pastor likes to say, if it's good and you want to do it, then God will bless it. And that's been such an inspiration to me because I have some really big dreams, like insanely big dreams, dreams that are so big that I'm a little bit scared to tell people about them. As a matter of fact, I haven't told very many people about them because they seem so, so big that I don't even know if I'm going to be able to do it or achieve it or accomplish it. But really, whether or not we do it is, it's our ultimate decision to make, but we've got to start building it in the day to day. And, and here's the thing, as humans, we are all free to become whoever we want to become. And we can use the excuse like, oh, I'm just the way I am because of my family or because of my upbringing or because of my background or because of trauma or because of different life experiences or because of my parents or fill in the blank for whatever you like. But the truth is that we are all free to become whoever we want. And uh, yes, we have predispositions and yes, we have natural gifts and talents, but If I wanted to be a jerk, I could wake up and be a jerk. If I wanted to be a diva, I could be a diva. If I wanted to be uh, whatever, we could wake up and become that through, through small things done over time. And so we are free to become whoever we want to become and build whatever kind of life we want to build. But so many times we sit around waiting for it to be built for us and then we just appear in it or we expect somebody else to build it for us or other people to care about it more than we're willing to care about it and that's silly because that's just not going to happen and so if we want to be the kind of people that we dream about and fulfilling the purposes that God has given as dreams in our heart we have to build that and we get to choice to do that and that choice is made every day So for me right now, that choice is made every morning at 6 a.m. when that alarm goes off and I have to make a decision. Am I going to roll over and ignore my alarm and say, oh, I'll just get to it later? Or am I going to say, no, I'm building a life of discipline and purpose and growth and I'm going to get up when that alarm goes off and I may not feel like it and I may not want to do it, but I'm committed to doing it because I know who I want to become and what I want to build out of it. And we may or may not be naturally good at something, but that doesn't mean that we can't learn to do it. The other book that I've been reading is called Mindset, and it's an oldie but a goodie. I've read it several times before, but it had been several years since I touched it, and I went ahead and I've been reading that too. And it's this thought of we believe, many people believe that IQ is fixed. So you take an IQ test and it tells you what your intelligence level is. And then in the last podcast, Drew mentioned it, but we also have EQ, which is emotional intelligence. So that's our understanding of how we operate, how we show up in the world, how we communicate, and an understanding of how other people respond. And So in this book, Mindset, there's two different kinds. There's a fixed mindset or a growth mindset. A fixed mindset either either believes that you are naturally good at something or you're naturally not good at something. And that whatever that something is, you have a fixed amount of talent or natural bent towards being good at it. Being an artist, for example, or... Um, naturally being good at a sport or videography or just take your pick of whatever it is. But the her contest to that is, no, everybody has the ability to become good at something if they put in time 
like consistent time over time is what makes you good at something. And so your IQ isn't fixed. You can learn new things. You can become more intelligent. And that's been proven over time. Um, I think that I'm a good example of that, not in a way that's like, oh, look at me, I'm the best. But I was working for um, the company that I own a franchise for now, and I was working for corporate. When I was going through the interviews for that opportunity, they were asking me why I was the most, like why I should be selected as the candidate for this opportunity above somebody else. And I told them, I said, well, I'm not going to know as much as some other people, and I'm not going to have as much experience as other people but I want to learn it and I'm willing to work harder than anybody else is at it. I can promise you that I'm going to show up early. I'm going to stay late. I'm going to put in the time. I'm going to ask the questions because I believe that I can learn the things that I don't know and become good enough at them for this opportunity and to be able to do it at a very high level. And I'm so grateful that there were some people that said, all right, we're going to give you a chance to prove that. And that was one of the steepest learning curves that I've ever experienced in my life, but I learned so much, not because I was most qualified or the smartest or the most, um, I hadn't had the most experience in it, but I wanted it more. And my attitude was whatever it takes for me to learn this, I'm going to learn it. I'm going to ask questions. I'm going to interview people. I'm going to talk to people. I'm going to read books. I'm going to fail and I'm going to get up and brush the dust mask off and do it again. And so we may or may not be naturally good at something, but that doesn't mean we can't learn to do it. And that's why so many people who are talented naturally at doing things plateau because they go and go and go and go until they reach their peak. And then they they don't know how to go any further because they spent their life writing on the natural talents that they had been given. Whereas somebody who may not have been born naturally as talented, but put in the time and the work and the effort and the training and the discipline will often surpass the people that were naturally good at something because they didn't put in the work for it. And so we're not going to start best. We're not going to start at who we want to become. We're going to start at ground level. But we can still learn to do it and we can learn to be good at it. And as I'm embracing that concept, I'm learning how to lead a lead effectively without being present 100% of the time or even available as much of the time. Uh, I'm physically at work a third of the time that I was before because I just don't have the capacity physically to be there as much. But I'm building relationships and community and presence in different ways and I'm learning how to do it better every day. And the idea is I'm not going to be perfect at it, but I'm going to practice and I'm going to practice and I'm going to practice and I'm going to review and I'm going to try to improve and I'm going to figure out what's working and what I'm failing at and continue to close that gap. So the key there is that consistent effort over time plus learning always, always, always produces results. No exceptions. And I know that's a bold statement because I just said always, never, no exceptions. And I usually try to stay away from extremely definitive words like that, especially if I'm sharing an opinion and I'm not sharing scripture, (laughs) to be honest. But let me repeat it again. Consistent effort over time plus learning always produces results. So one of the things that I'm doing every morning with this Miracle Morning routine is I'm exercising. And I'm really frustrated because I've gotten really sick and it has made me weak. I don't have very much muscle or tone. Um, I've lost weight. Like I've just, I've been sick. And 
so I was really frustrated because it's like for a little while I take a walk and I'd get tired or I'd drive the trash cans to the end of the driveway for the receptacle pickup and I would be exhausted and completely out of breath. I was so frustrated with it. And I realized I'm not going to get that muscle memory or that strength back all by itself. I'm going to have to work for it. So I'm doing jumping jacks and push-ups and sit-ups. And I cannot do very many. And they're really terrible. And I'm super sore. And it's just such a tiny, embarrassing amount that I don't even want to share it with you. (laughs) But if I start here, if I do, if I can build... So I would like to be doing like 100 to 150 sit-ups, 100, 150 push-ups every every morning. And so that's what I'm building up to. If I consistently do that over time every morning for the next three months and I'm learning how to do it and I'm learning how to pace myself and I'm growing that muscle, that is 100% going to produce results. If I keep reading about personal growth and mindset and discipline and I start building that into my life, if I'm reading a chapter of a good learning book every every day, I'm going to be getting smarter. I'm going to be getting more intelligent. I'm going to be becoming more learned in that area and more able to do it better. Now, it's not just about inputting the information, but it's also about teaching the information because you don't really know that you know something until you have to teach it to somebody else. And then you'll learn real quick whether it's not or whether or not it's something that you actually know or just think that you know. But consistent effort over time plus learning always produces results. So if there's something that you want to learn or you've got that big dream in your heart or there's something that God's put in you to pursue, it's that little flame that never goes out. It's always there. Whenever you think about dreams, it always comes up. Whatever those things are, those are meant to be there. And you have the opportunity to build that, but you have to decide. And you're not going to start big. You're going to start small. You're going to start at ground level. You're going to start learning letter A, letter B, letter C. Just like you did in preschool where you were learning blue and yellow and red And then if you put blue and yellow together, it's going to make green. If you put yellow and red together, it's going to make orange. And then you get better at it and you have more understanding and you're able to grow in that area. Go for it. Do it. Start at ground zero. Start at really bad. Start really small. But start because if you do it consistently over time, day in and day out, and you're learning, so you're not just doing it over and over. Because here's the thing. You do see those people that go to the gym every day faithfully for years and their body composition never changes blows my mind but I've seen it with my own two eyes where they're doing it and they're putting in the work but they're not actually learning how to do it better or how to make it actually work for them they're just going through the motions which is another kind of throwback to last week's podcast we were talking about if you're living or just existing if you're just existing you're still spending the time you're spending the same amount of time at work you're spending the same amount of time with your family Same amount of time in your life because we all have the same 24 hours in a day. But some people are doing it and getting incredible, amazing, astounding results. And some people are treading water and they're in the same spot that they were a year ago and three years ago and five years ago and 10 years ago. And so it's not just the effort. It's not just consistent effort over time because there are people that put in consistent effort over time and still end up the same as when they started. It's consistent effort over time plus learning 
always produces results. If you're learning how to do it better, if you're learning how to evolve, if you're learning how to refine your craft and and truly improve what you're doing, then that's what's going to produce results. I mean, this podcast is an example. When I first started, it was terrible. I mean, really, really terrible. Number one, I hate the sound of my own voice. I loathe it. I think it's the worst thing that I've ever heard in my life. And so when God put it on my heart to start a podcast, I was like, ha ha, no, that's the most ridiculous thing that I've ever heard in my life. That's wretched. But God just kept nudging me, nudging me, nudging me. And he's like, you need to get over it. This is the voice you have. I've called you to use it. You need to use it. And finally I got over myself and got out of the way and said, okay, I'm going to do it. And I'll tell you, I'm not saying that it's like the best thing since sliced bread, but I've gotten a lot better at it and I've gotten a lot more comfortable with it. And I truly enjoy the time that I get to spend with you each week because not only is it forcing me to learn, it's forcing me to teach. And when I'm teaching it, that's really putting the pedal to the metal to figure out if I actually know it or if it's just head knowledge or if it's something that I can actually apply or articulate. And so again, consistent effort over time plus learning always produces results. You decide. What do you want? Who do you want to become? What dreams do you want to follow? And I've got some really, really big ones that Drew and I have in our hearts that we hope that God will bless wildly one day. And maybe I'll tell you about some of those sometime, but I'm still too nervous because they're crazy and they're big. I mean, they're God-sized. If it's going to work, it's only going to be because he allowed it to. Um, And it's going to require a lot of work and effort and intention and growth. And I'm trying to take care of and to, to take good stewardship of that opportunity. And that means right now, me being sick and having limitations and having to learn the the things that I'm learning are not an accident because I'm going to look back one day and I'm going to say, oh, I understand. I understand what God was doing and why he was teaching me those things. Because if I hadn't leveled up, if I hadn't learned how to be better at communication or figured out a different leadership style or figured out how to have more balance in my life or be intentional about the disciplines and the habits that I'm building into my life, then I won't be able to do whatever level he has me at next, whatever he has me preparing for now. And, and here's the thing. We get so impatient for the end result that we lose steam that we don't get it instantly. So there's always those jokes of, well, I ate a salad for lunch and I'm still the same weight. So I guess I'm going to eat a, back, a bucket of ice cream and a bunch of Oreos for dinner. Or you get up and you have oatmeal and a lar bar for breakfast and then you have a salad for lunch. And then by the time you get to dinner, you're like, oh, well, it just didn't do anything. Uh, that's why New Year's resolutions just taper like just peter out they just sputter just and then they're gone so quickly because we're not seeing those instant results and we get discouraged and we get impatient but that's not what's going to help us build the life that we're dreaming of or to fulfill the things that God has placed in our heart another thought that I had about that that I think is really important to address is that it's easier to win when you're winning and to get good things going when you have momentum So we live in Pueblo, Colorado, which has the highest crime rate and the lowest median income in the entire state. Um, It was a booming business back in the steel industry days. And then when that collapsed, Pueblo just kind of died and it's never really recovered. And um, that's brought a lot of interesting dynamics to this city. Uh, If I was walking down the street and asked 
just generally, what is Pueblo most proud of or most prominent for or most well-known for? It's probably a toss-up between two things. Number one, marijuana. We have 90% of the recreational pot shops in the entire state are in Pueblo County. So anybody that wants to use pot recreationally, a lot of the cities, even in Colorado, they don't allow sales within city limits. Um, We get a lot of people from Kansas and Texas and all over Colorado that are coming to get weed. And that's a booming, big, huge industry. I mean, there's probably as many pot shops as churches, if not more, in this in this city. The second thing that we're most well known for is our green chilies. So the Pueblo chilies. And we have a festival called the Chile and Frijole Festival every year. And it's like the biggest thing. So Pueblo is rough. It's a rough little city. I mean, car thefts are up 23% last year. I, I mean, crime is up. It's it's not getting better. It's kind of getting darker in a lot of ways. And the powers that be in the city want to keep it that way because that's how they keep their power is they have a lot of control. So they don't allow other businesses to come in and grow and develop. And um, there's just some interesting dynamics here that make it tough. But it's a it can be a rough little community. And there's a lot of people that struggle really hard, just uh, live paycheck to paycheck or live hard lives or have had hard experiences. There's a massive brain drain. So people that go to college don't go to college, graduate, and then come work here. They graduate and leave us in the dust and they never look back. And I've learned that when you're down and when life is really hard and you don't feel like you have anything good going for you and that you just keep getting kicked, uh, it's really, really hard to get the momentum. Um, that's the hardest time when nothing is going right, when you don't have anything to show for it, when you've gotten things taken away, when you've been beaten down, when uh, you have a bad work relationship or you got fired or your car gets in a car accident and it gets totaled, you don't have money for another car, you have this massive health issue and then you can't pay for it and you're living paycheck to paycheck and you're worried about having to choose between putting gas in the tank or food on the table and, and t- times like that are hard. It's hard to see past it. It's hard to get past it. It's hard to get momentum. And I've, I've seen that. Like, I've been part of it. I've been, I've lived here for five years now. And we've seen countless, countless, countless things that just, it's tough. Life can be really, really hard. And uh, sometimes all you need is a break. Sometimes all you need is a a hand up. Sometimes all you need is to get one good thing going and you're like, okay, good things can go because you, people kind of get in the attitude of nothing good is ever going to happen. Like it's just going to be bad and it just is what it is. And I kind of fell into that when I was having my doldrums about being sick and not feeling good and having all these limitations and not being able to work or serve or be the way I was before. And And I just kind of petered out. I'm just like, I'm just going to lay in bed and be sick, I guess. And so I understand it's hard to get good things going when there's nothing good going for you. But the reality is you get to decide. You truly get to decide. And you can yearn for it and you can uh, complain about it and you can wish for it just like 95% of other people do. Or you can step out and be different. You can be one of the 5% and understand, take a little win. Because if you can take a little win, then you can get a, a win that's a little bit bigger. It's um, If you've ever followed Dave Ramsey, uh, he gives really sound, biblically 
biblically-based financial advice and helped us change our lives and our future and our legacy. And one of the things he teaches is the snowball effect because what he says is debt is not a money issue. It's a it's a mind issue. So it's about discipline and it's about learning the difference between needs and wants and, and budgeting for the life that you want to live and living below your means. And he really gives people practical tools and training to be able to, to do that effectively. And he's changed millions of people's lives. And when he's lining up the debt snowball, this idea is what you do is you lay out all of your debt that you owe everybody in the entire world. And you start with the smallest debt that there is. It doesn't matter if it's $5 on a credit card or $50 on a, a library card or $100 on, a, on some sort of bill. You start with the smallest one first because then you get to mark it off. And then you get to feel like, I did it. I, I can do it. I did this. And then you go to the second smallest one. And you work your way up to the larger and larger debts until you've paid back, paid down all of your debt and you're completely debt free. And this idea of it's not just physical, it's not just about the money, it's psychological, it's emotional, it's spiritual, it's about building the disciplines and getting the momentum. It's a lot easier to win when you're winning. It's a lot easier to get good things going when you've got some good things going in your life. And so if you are in a position where you feel like you don't have any of that going, find a tiny snowball, find a little snowball, find a little win, uh, get up and and do your measly amount of push-ups and sit-ups and then do it again tomorrow and then do it again the next day and then do it again the next day and each day go for a little bit more because if you can get those little wins then you can get the next one and the next one and that way you're winning and it's easier to win because you've got that momentum behind you and so we get the we get the choice we get to decide to stay the same or evolve and get better And the world isn't waiting for us to decide that. The world is not going to cater to it. It's not going to build that life for us. It's not going to teach those lessons or clear the path for us. We have to do that for ourselves. And so my challenge to you, my encouragement to you is start small, start wherever you're at, pick what you can, and then do it. Go for it because it's not going to get better without you trying. And you can be one of the 5%. It doesn't matter who you are, where you are what your circumstances are. None of that matters. What matters is that you decide I'm going to be the one of the 5% that actually gets out and tries, that does something about it, that takes even if it's just the tiniest step. Because if you can take one step, then you can take two. And the more steps you take, the easier it's going to get. And so be encouraged. I hope that you can be inspired to step out and decide to, to live the life that God has built for you because it's filled with blessings and wonderful things, even if we have to learn those the hard way from time to time. And I am, I'm certainly learning them, but I'm excited about it. I'm, I'm learning lots of really good things and I'm grateful for it because it's really a blessing in disguise because it gives me the opportunity to to prove God to be true and prove him to be faithful and prove him to be so, so good. And he is. So I hope that you have a really good week. Thank you for your time. Thank you for being such encouragers and cheerleaders. Thank you for sharing the podcast with other people. Please keep doing that. We're growing every, every week. We're growing just a little bit more, which is really exciting. I love to hear feedback. I love to hear what you're thinking, how you're applying it, what you're learning. So you can always connect with me on Facebook or by email. 
which is in the tagline here at the end in just a second, I know. But I just, I really am grateful for all of you and for the opportunity to do life together. So we'll talk again next week and I'm excited about it. Thank you for tuning in to the Graceful and Gritty podcast. You can connect with me on Facebook, Instagram, or by email at gracefulandgritty at gmail.com. Talk to you soon.